Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Cats News Radio WRVA. It is Friday. Congratulations. We have made it. Self high fives all the way around. Oh, so much that we're going to deal with this afternoon. Congressman Bob Good will be along in a half an hour. What is next? Is it going to be Speaker Jim Jordan? I'm totally okay with that, by the way. I like Jim Jordan. I think he's a great guy. We'll, we'll see if he winds up as the Speaker of the House. Former Congressman Dave Brad is going to be here at 535 because there's there's something that the Fed is touting right about now called a soft landing. And and I, and I don't fully understand it, so I always leave that up to uh, Dave Brad, who, as you know, is an econ- economics professor, an economist. Now head of the, uh, oh, I'm sorry, no, he, he got promoted again, I forgot. Oh, he was the dean of the business school at Liberty University. Now he's the vice provost of the entire university. So he'll be with us at 535. Tomorrow, there's an amazing first ever event for first responders, a wellness event. A lot of times, the men and women who are first responders just don't want to ask for any help. My buddy Keith Culver, Keith happens to be a deputy sheriff in Henrico County, former Henrico County police officer. He's the uh, acting president over at Vail, the Virginia Law Enforcement Foundation. And uh, he and a couple of other folks have put this, this great event together. It is tomorrow, and he will join us, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And, of course, it is Friday. So my brother from another mother, Stan Andrewski from Certified Auto Repair, 8401 Oakview Avenue in the Lakeside section of Henrico, will be here Tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., Stan will be here, and he will be hosting In the Garage, the best weekend radio show anywhere. I've got my final pair of tickets for Bob Dylan at uh, 420. Nope, nope, nope. I'm going to change that. I'm making an executive decision. At 520 this afternoon, 520 this afternoon, Jeremy is going to play a clearly Bob Dylan tune. And when you hear that... Uh, you gotta you gotta jump in and you gotta call us at 833-804-1140. 833-804-1140. I think we'll take uh, we we haven't done caller number nine. How about caller number nine? When you hear that song again, it's going to hit at five twenty this afternoon. A clearly Dylan tune. Bob Dylan is coming to the Altria Theater November the twenty seventh. 
Well, Roanoke College is in the news for all the right reasons. There's a dude. Well, he's a transgender woman. No, he's a dude. And uh, the dude said, oh, I want to swim on the girls' swim team because, frankly, I'm not all that good swimming against guys. That, 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 that's what all of this stuff is rooted in. And we can play games and we go, oh, well, you know, his preferred pronouns are uh, champion swimmer. I, I, whatever, whatever. The bottom line is he's a guy. And I wish him well. People always want to tell you, oh, well, you know, you hate this or you don't like. I don't care. And that, quite frankly, is, is the highest level that I can provide to you. I'm not worried about what you're doing, sir, except as it impacts other people. If you have decided in your own home or in your, your dorm or, or whatever that you want to wear a women's swimsuit, okay. But you cannot be permitted to swim against women. The NCAA has bent over backwards, twisted themselves into pretzel-like knots to give preferential treatment to the so-called transgender athletes. They are overwhelmingly guys who have not done especially well competing against other guys who then decide, well, I'm going to compete against women. And they do better. Well, the ladies' swim team at Roanoke said, no. We will not go along with this. We are not going to go along with a guy swimming on our team. Last year, just so that you know, the guy swam for Roanoke College's men's team. The entire team showed up for this press conference. Riley Gaines was there, as I understand it, champion swimmer. And this entire team said, no, absolutely not. One of the team members, Susanna Price, said, and I quote, women's sports are separate from men's sports for a reason. We are not the same, but we both deserve to be equally respectable. I agree with that. Kate Pearson is the co-captain of the, uh, the Lady Maroons down there at uh, Roanoke College. She said, and I quote, when I was told a biological male would be swimming on the women's team, all of my feeling turned to fear. The team members say that the practices have all been changed to accommodate the guy. He wears a women's swimsuit. And the women, the young ladies who are on the team, said that they have been subjected to bullying. Riley Gaines said, and I quote, it shouldn't have to take bravery and fair treatment to speak up for the fair treatment of women and girls. And if leaders cannot find it within themselves to do that, then we need different leaders. She's right. Had this gone through, I'll tell you what, if I had a daughter at Roanoke College, I'd pull her out immediately. Get her out of there. It's craziness. Katie Mullins is a mom. She says, our girls are not the only girls suffering at the expense of men and boys wishing to compete on their teams. We learn that this is a much bigger issue than just Roanoke College, and it's happening with many sports at many different levels. 
Now, the Roanoke College administration says they will continue to follow the NCAA guidelines on the uh, so-called transgender athletes, which means guys can absolutely be part of the women's team. And those young ladies, quite frankly, ought to look at taking their tuition dollars elsewhere. The idea that they would be subjected to this is absolutely outrageous. Lily Mullins is a co-captain of the team. She said, quote, when we finally worked up the guts to explain how we felt to the higher-ups at our school, we were told that we had support. But not once was that support exhibited to us in practical terms. So what do these young ladies do? Well, I guess they have a couple of options. They can continue on the team with a guy, or they can all say, thanks, we're done. If every one of the female members of the team quit, you'd be left with the guy, right? A a one-man women's swim team at Roanoke College. I don't know if Roanoke College would like that. I mean, I have no idea what Roanoke is as far as the uh, college athletics. Not my area of expertise. But I do know, as a father, there's absolutely positively no way I would go along with this. I just wouldn't do it. I wouldn't allow uh, one of my kids to be part of this in either direction. just wouldn't happen. But you do see that there's this whole mindset on the part of the NCAA now that is anti-female athlete. That's bizarre, isn't it? Completely and totally twisted, upside down and inside out. All right, we've got a lot that we're dealing with. It is Friday, so what does that mean? Well, it means a couple of things. It means that uh, I am wearing red, R-E-D, started a couple of years back by a couple of Marine moms. R-E-D means remember everyone deployed. So I've got a red shirt on. I am wearing a red bracelet from uh, my friend Emily Morrissey down there at Emily's Bracelets, emilysbracelets.com. They just celebrated their fifth anniversary. So of course I'm wearing a red bracelet from my pal Emily. And I'm wearing my uh, my Peppa Pig hat because, well, frankly, nothing says Friday like a little dose of uh, Peppa Pig. You know, it just keeps everybody up and doing what it is that uh, we've decided we want to do on a Friday. And uh, I know I I had pointed out to all of our uh, friends leading up to uh, last night's uh, Thursday night football that it sure seemed to me that, uh, well, the Bears were terrible, right? The Bears were 0-4 going into that game. And the Commanders were somewhat better than that. And I thought that uh, most people would, would wind up okay if they were uh, taking the commanders and betting against the Bears. And, well, suffice to say, that did not quite work out in the way that a lot of people had thought it would. Quick reminder about that text line and phone line. It's it's the same number, 833-804-1140, 833-804-1140. Oh, I almost forgot to tell you this. If you want to get a question in for In the Garage for Stan Andrewski tomorrow... Now, he's not going to answer it this afternoon, but you can send it this afternoon, and I will pass it along to him. So you feel free. You might have a little more time today. 
833-804-1140. You can uh, send your question via text. Oh, and I, I got one more thing. You know how I've been talking about politics and pints, and it's coming back on Wednesday, November the 1st at the historic Beacon Theater in Hopewell, and everybody's been saying, well, Jeff, it's coming up in just a couple of weeks. When are we going to have the chance to get tickets? Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. I just got the email a couple of moments ago. The tickets for the latest iteration of Politics and Pints will be available starting Monday. All right? So so if you want to join us, and let me tell you, you want to join us. It is always a great time. Uh, it's me. It's John Reed. It's Howard Gutman. Again, we'll be on the south side. First time ever we're going south of the river. I, I just got my passport updated. I should be good to go. Uh, Wednesday, November the 1st at the historic Beacon Theater in Hopewell. Those tickets will go on sale on our website, newsradiowrva.com, newsradiowrva.com. That starts Monday, and uh, I would imagine uh, they will go quickly. It is 315, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is a Friday afternoon. Congressman Bob Good's going to be along in a little more than uh, 10 minutes. You want to make sure you're here for him. Uh, another Bob, uh, Bob Dylan, is coming to town November the 27th at the Altria Theater. I've got my uh, final pair of tickets to give out for the Dylan concert again. November the 27th, he'll be at the Altria Theater. So here's the way we're going to do this. At 5.20 this afternoon, two hours from now, Jeremy is going to play an obviously Bob Dylan tune. When you hear it, that is your cue to call. You will dial 833-804-1140, 833-804-1140. Caller number nine, you will get the pair of Bob Dylan tickets. Did you know you may be uh, a member of a cult? I didn't think so either, but apparently those of us who, uh, well, don't curse and spit at Donald Trump are part of a cult, the cult of Trump, this MAGA cult, and Hillary Clinton now is calling for some sort of formal deprogramming. Huh. I think Stalin used to call those gulags and... uh, Mao Tung used to refer to it as re-education. Any way you slice it, it is a dangerous, dangerous thing. Hey, Ken, we get uh, cut number four, please. Well, you saw uh, the number of Republicans who voted along with Democrats to keep the government open. So there's clearly a common sense, uh, you know, sane uh, part of the Republican caucus in the House. Um, but I think they are intimidated. Uh, they um, oftentimes, you know, say and do things which they know better than to say or do. And it will require us defeating those most extreme measures uh, and the people who promote them in order to try to get to some common ground where people can again work together. That's the way it used to be. I mean, we had very strong partisans in both parties in the past, uh, and we had very bitter battles over all kinds of things, gun control and climate change and the economy and taxes. But there wasn't this little tail of extremism waving, you know, wagging the dog of the uh, Republican Party as it is today. Mm-hmm. And sadly, so many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no 
credibility left by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members, but something needs to happen. Really? Wow. Uh, who's going to conduct that uh, formal deprogramming, ma'am? And can I state for the record, because it just makes me feel good to say this, you know Hillary Clinton's not president, right? And you know that Hillary Clinton has never been president. And you know she's never going to be president. I, I just, it's just something about it that puts a smile on my face when I get to share those uh, pieces of information. But honestly, now, ma'am, who is it that conducts this formal deprogramming? This re-education that you're calling for? Do we all understand how dangerous that sentiment is? It's not a joke, and it's not a throwaway line. There are folks like Hillary Clinton who really honestly do believe that anyone who disagrees with them is, is crazy. They're insane. They're sick. And they need some sort of formal deprogramming. Along with deprogramming, of course, will come this re-education, I guess. It's very disturbing to hear. Very chilling to hear. And you don't have to look that far back in history to see some examples of, quote, formal deprogramming. Bob Good, one of a handful of Republicans who voted to ditch Kevin McCarthy. He will be with us, Bob Good, that is, at 335. It's 326, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. Three thirty-six, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. It is a Friday afternoon. Uh, former Congressman Dave Brad is going to be joining us at uh, five thirty-five. Looking forward to that. We got a special guest coming in at four oh five. Keith Culver, who is the acting president of uh, the Virginia Law Enforcement Foundation, they have the first ever wellness event for first responders. It's going to happen tomorrow. It's it's pretty much an all-day thing. It's going to be over at uh, 511 on uh, West Broad. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to not only hearing from him, but also getting out there. I'm going to be out there for a couple of hours before I head over to the uh, big grand opening of A-plus windows. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be a busy day. It's going to be a busy day. And, of course, uh, right there in the middle, 435, my brother from another mother, Stan Andruski, who hosts In the Garage with Stan Andruski every Saturday morning at 8 a.m., the best weekend radio show anywhere. And I am always anxious to, uh, to chat with him. I remind you, if you want to get ahead of the curve, by the way, you can actually text some of your questions. And uh, you can do that at 833-804. 1140-833-804. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So we do not have a speaker of the house right now. We have the uh, the acting speaker Patrick McHenry from uh, North Carolina, and I don't know where we go next. I'm not sure exactly uh, how things are going to be positioned. Jim Jordan picked up the endorsement of former President Trump. Steve Scalise has thrown his name into it. I understand there's going to be some sort of a debate. Uh, I think on Fox. So uh, anyway, uh, Congressman Bob Good was part of the uh, group that voted to remove. Speaker Kevin McCarthy, and uh, the congressman's with us. Congressman, thanks for being here. Good afternoon, Jeff. Great to be with you again. Yeah, the uh, the pleasure is always mine. So uh, a lot of folks here on the outside kind of looking at this and trying to figure out, is this all inside baseball? Was there some sort of uh, real situation going on that uh, we all need to be uh, concerned with? Can you just give us the lay of the land? Well, if you were speaking to the how we got here or why we got here, yeah. uh, once again, it is was a failure of leadership on Speaker, former Speaker McCarthy's part, where he failed to keep the commitments he made in order to become Speaker back in January. And it's not that, oh, gosh, he's, he, he's not truthful or he lacks integrity or he's dishonest or doesn't keep his word. That's not, I guess, that unusual in Washington. Uh, but it was the policies that were impacted by those failures. And while, uh, in other words, he promised to bring a balanced budget vote to the floor, that still hasn't happened. I'm on the budget committee where we've marked up a balanced budget that we ran on to balance the budget within 10 years, failed to allow us to bring that to the floor. He promised to bring a vote on term limits, which we ran on, and he uh, still have not brought that to the floor. He promised to bring a vote on, or to bring all 12 appropriations bills, funding the government properly so we don't have to go to a series of continuing resolutions and an omnibus and keep all the spending from the Biden-Pelosi-Schumer regime still in place with a Republican majority. We, we only brought one of 12 to the floor before going to the August district work period. And then we did vote bring three more, four more to the floor that final week, right before September 30. But, of course, that only allowed us to bring a total of five before the September 30 deadline. Uh, he passed the debt limit agreement, which was a terrible arrangement in terms of an unlimited increase of the debt ceiling through January 25, when we'll probably be at $35, $36 trillion in national debt. But it's not only that it was a terrible agreement he made with the the Senate and the White House, but it was also passed with overwhelmingly Democrat votes, something that I warned about back in January when we were challenged, but we couldn't continue to do that. And then he did that again with the continuing resolution on Saturday, uh, where he passed, again, an extension of the, because of his failure to lead us and bringing, not even passing, but bringing our votes, our bills to the floor, which he had total control over. Uh, then he does the continued resolution on Saturday, capitulates, surrenders to the Democrats, keeps, again, all the Biden-Pelosi-Schumer policies that are bankrupting the country, destroying the country from a policy standpoint, in place for another 45 days. Democrats vote for it 209 to 1 in the House, 51 to 0 in the Senate. Why wouldn't they? It's exactly what they wanted to do. That was the final straw. Turns out, Jeff, that it was revealed to us after the speaker vote, uh, after he was removed, 
Uh, he revealed, and I don't know why he revealed this, quite frankly, but he revealed that he had anticipated Democrats saving him. I guess that's why he taunted or dared us to follow through on our warnings that, hey, he couldn't just keep doing the wrong things for the country and betraying the trust of the American people when they gave us the majority and violate the commitments he made to become speaker that we expect to hold him accountable. He dared and taunted us to do that because he revealed in his press conference uh, that Nancy Pelosi had promised him in January she'd provide him the votes to avoid being removed from speaker. And I guess that's why he kept, kept, kept her in that special office space off the speaker's wing there, uh, even though she wasn't speaker anymore. And then as soon as the vote went down, he had her kicked out of there uh, immediately. So he had a deal with the Democrats after all, thought they would bail him out because she, she, she for some reason he thought Nancy Pelosi would keep her word, I guess. And, and he was doing their bidding anyway. But obviously the Democrats uh, decided they wanted to, uh, they, they weren't going to save him. Now, here's the weird thing, is that, uh, look, I've never been a Kevin McCarthy fan for, for years. I, I, I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him, and so I always found it interesting that anybody was going to go along with his, his quest to become Speaker. But, you know, looking at it, there were eight Republicans who voted with all the Democrats to kick him out. I mean, there's a, there's a certain bizarre imagery to that. Well, that's a that's a misrepresentation that's been repeated by the dishonest media uh, that, you know, who, who has a vested interest in access to the throne. Many of them pretend conservative media who make a living off acting like they're upset with the status quo and the establishment and the swamp. And Republicans don't fight. Republicans don't stand. And they were the first ones shooting us in the back in January and shooting us in the back again now. Mm. But we have no control over what the Democrats do. The Speaker serves the pleasure of 218 members of the House. No one member can remove him, even though one member can file a motion now that we have that rule back in place after Nancy Pelosi took it out. It was good for 200 years from Thomas Jefferson uh, through uh, uh, Paul Ryan. Uh, But but we we had no way of knowing or controlling how the Democrats may or may not vote. We have, you know, but there were eight members of the Republican House who had the courage, the courage to do what needed to be done. And as I said in my floor speech, and as I begged and pleaded the speaker for months and weeks on end leading up to this, please fight for something. When we have the House majority, we can't run $2 trillion deficits and, and can pass continuing resolutions and not pass our spending or not even bring our spending bills to the floor for a vote. If not fighting now, when are we going to fight? And can you fight for something besides just to be speaker, just so you can get your portrait on the wall and, and, and lead the ship off the cliff at maybe a or the bus off the cliff at a little bit slower pace than the Democrats do fight for something. Cause when you have the house majority, you're not gonna get everything you want when you don't control the Senate, the white house, but you should get something. And I warned him on Friday, the day before he did the continued resolution uh, with the 209 Democrat votes in the house and the 51 Democrat votes in the Senate. I said, speaker, it seems you are willing to do anything to avoid a, the disruption, temporary disruption or the discomfort or the pressure of a, a, a pause in 15% of the non-essential government operations, quote unquote, a temporary shutdown. If the Dems know, all they got to do is say no to you. It doesn't matter what we pass out of the house because when they say no, you're going to cave and say, okay, let's do a, a continuing resolution. Do not do that. Mm-hmm. And he did it anyway. And, you know, we, we just cannot afford the current trajectory. We can't afford Republicans to roll over. You know, the Democrats don't do that. Tell me when in history, the Democrats have passed major spending bills when they had the majority mm-hmm. with predominantly Republican votes. Never. Has that happened? Why does it always happen with the with the uniparty swamp cartel that leads the Republican Party? 
Well, it's a great question. Congressman Bob Good is joining us again. I I don't know how anybody could be surprised though with Kevin McCarthy. It's it's like the um, what, what what is it the uh, uh, the scorpion and the frog, right? I mean, it's like yeah, well, you always knew I was a scorpion. I mean, he's just not he's not a good dude. He never has been. Now my question is, where do we go from here? Is it going to be Jim Jordan, who, I don't know about you, I have tremendous respect for. Steve Scalise has been McCarthy's number two. Is is he really in the running? Well, the good news is we will have a contest, competition, not a coronation. Yeah. You know, back in January, you had all the media going, oh, they don't have a plan, there's nobody else, there's no other candidate, so why are they doing this? And I kept saying, as long as Speaker McCarthy is the presumptive speaker, very few, if any, no one with stature or credibility or influence within the larger leadership structure, which would be perceived as someone who get to 18, is mm-hmm. going to challenge Speaker McCarthy publicly because of fear of consequence retaliation. Courage is in extremely short supply, as you saw with eight people standing alone uh, back on Tuesday. But uh, courage is in extremely short supply, self-preservation, selfish interest, selfish ambition, putting their own political careers and their comfort of committee assignments and chairmanships and, and, and donations and, and pleasing the donor class and the special interest, the elites, the Wall Street, K Street lobbyists, all of who are very upset because the swamp cartel has been dis- disrupted. The American people won on Tuesday. The, the establishment lost on Tuesday. And they're very upset about that. And so we knew that once we removed him, once we would have no shortage of folks who would like to be speakers, not just the two or three that you've heard about. There's others circling. They're ready to, to jump in if, if they don't prevail or they're trying to put out to see what kind of support they might have. But we'll have a true contest, Jeff. Okay. Okay. And we, we will have to we will have to. It may take a few hours. It may take a few days. I don't think it'll take a few weeks, but we may. Mm. We may. Uh, it'll take some time to, to, to coalesce around two eighteen, hopefully two twenty one. That's how many Republicans we have. And then we bring it to the floor for a vote. Hopefully, it's unanimous among the Republicans. And then we'll all have a vested interest in the success of the speaker who we chose, who we voted for, who we need to lead us, and who the country needs to lead us. And we're going to be healthier and better off for it. Uh, it's not easy. It's right. difficult, right. but the congressional patient was terminal. We needed surgery, and most of the, most of the people in the operating room are afraid to do the surgery because it's invasive and it's uncomfortable, and it causes the patient has to miss a little work and has to be, have a little bit of downtime. But if we just keep putting off the surgery, the patient's going to die. We needed a disruptor in 2016 when President Trump was elected. The congressional branch is even a worse swamp, if you will, than the White House yeah. is, and it's really difficult to bring the change. Uh, but you have some folks that were courageous enough, willing enough to risk everything to do it, knowing the country can't afford the status quo. And folks have said to me, oh, this is chaos. This, what, what? I'd ask them, what did you think a continued Kevin McCarthy-led House who has done nothing to help the country so far this year? And I challenge you to tell me what has been done to help the country this year. So what did you think we were going to get done out of the House so far this year? Because there's two things we've done so far. With, with only one House. We have passed messaging bills that go nowhere in the Senate. Right. So the only thing we can force leverage on is the debt ceiling limit that was reached. We could have forced leverage there or the threat of a government shutdown. To use the power of the purse, say we're not going to fund a Department of Homeland Security that's not securing the border. Mm-hmm. We're not going to fund a Department of Injustice that's weaponized against its citizens. And we're not going to keep funding the policies that are bankrupting the country, and that we ran against and just roll over and rubber stamp it. So we have leverage with this power of the purse, but we have a speaker who will not fight, refuses to fight for anything except being speaker. What did you think was going to happen this week or next week that was so important to keep the House running just like it always has that's a loser for the American people? 
And I've not had anybody answer that question for me yet. What you feel like we've disrupted, except for the discomfort of and the inconvenience and the uncertainty. And I acknowledge that there's uncertainty here. I, I can't tell you who exactly how it's going to go go down, but I can tell you the, the certainty of the, uh, the, the, the the destruction of America as we know it if we don't bring change. Congressman Bob Good joining us. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping, Bob, that it's not going to be 15 rounds of voting again. And I have to ask you, since you don't actually have to be a member of the House to be the Speaker of the House, obviously people have floated former President Trump's name. He said, sure, I'd be willing to do it for a temporary period of time. Newt Gingrich said he'd come out of retirement to uh, sort of keep things, uh, quote, running. Uh, are any of those viable options, or is it going to be somebody no. who's there in the House? No. Okay. <laughs> no. President Trump's an executive. He was yeah. an outstanding president, in my estimation. and uh, But I don't think he wants to deal with the minutia or four of the 35 <laughs> House members. And I don't think he wants to go deep into the legislative process. And plus, he's got his hands full, obviously, uh, fighting the persecution of the abusive uh, ju- uh, injustice system mm-hmm. and also, obviously, running for president. And Newt Gingrich, uh, you know, he. Uh, he, he was a deposed speaker who didn't like uh, conservatives that eventually got upset with him for not delivering. And I think he was the most significant speaker we've had going back 30 years, but he can only look at things through his speaker lens. So obviously he's critical. He's had some pretty harsh words for us uh, because, you know, he, he, he played the game and got to be speaker. And you don't get to do that unless you do. Yeah. And they don't like it when people challenge that. Well, uh, I, I think you pointed out something that uh, many of us have said for many years. There are some people whose sole belief when they enter public life is they, they want a certain position. You know, Mitt Romney was, had one core belief, and that was that he was going to, he should be president, and everything else was, uh, you know, negotiable. And I think Kevin McCarthy was exactly the same way. He wanted to be Speaker of the House, and whatever he had to do, trading up, down, or sideways, he was going to do because he wanted that big gavel. And uh, it, it's going to be fascinating to see. Is there any timeline realistically on when this could all get uh, wrapped up? Well, it's, it, it, there's some uncertainty. I, again, I will acknowledge, and yeah. it's, it's somewhat indefinite. But we will have we have a schedule. We're supposed to come back on Monday, and we'll do some work to get ready. And to, to vet, I'm getting ready to jump on a conference call. We're finished here with one of the candidates to gotcha. with a group of us to, to vet that candidate. Uh, but uh, we'll have a formal candidate forum on Tuesday evening, as you've heard, mm-hmm. and I suspect we may start voting that night. Now, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where that leads and, and what kind of majority any one individual has and how significant the resistance is to whichever candidates. It's not just who has him the most yes, but who has the most hard no's and what can be worked on to bring some compromise. We're all going to have to give a little bit. We're all going to have to compromise. There's not a perfect speaker candidate. Uh, we're all imperfect and flawed. So, but we're, I think we're all going to want to get it done as quickly as we can to do it. But, but, but we don't want to be in a hurry to do it wrong and get it as right as we can. It won't be perfect. We'll try to get it as right as we can. All right, fair enough. Listen, Bob, I always appreciate you making time for us. I think it's a, it's a fascinating story. We'll check in again. Uh, I wish you, as always, a, a blessed weekend for you and your team. And uh, God willing, we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. That is uh, Congressman Bob Good. And you heard what he had to say. Look, I know people have beaten him up. Uh, and I, I, I asked him, you know, you had eight Republicans joined with all the Democrats. And, and so there was this sense, hey, Kevin McCarthy was, uh, you know, a Delta Bravo because he was cutting deals with Democrats. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is today what he's always been. Now he's the former speaker, so maybe he doesn't have the power that, uh, that he used to. Uh, I, I just think that a lot of people thought he was going to do things differently. They took him at his word. And unfortunately, in D.C., 
and and some other places as well, your word is sometimes not worth anything. So it's going to be interesting. Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan are the two leading names, but uh, Bob Good said, hey, there are a lot of other folks behind the scenes. So we may see someone else emerge. It's Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. Three fifty-six, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. I want to remind you, five twenty this afternoon. Five twenty this afternoon. My friend Jeremy, who is the executive producer of this here little show, uh, is going to play a piece of music, which is obviously Bob Dylan. I, I don't want a Bob Dylan cover of. I don't know, Happy Birthday or Sending the Clowns or something. No, it's got to be a Dylan tune so that everybody listens and goes, hey, that's Dylan. And when you hear that at 520 this afternoon, that is your cue to call. You're going to call 833-804-1140, 833-804-1140. If you are caller number nine, you will win the pair of tickets to go and see Bob Dylan on November the 27th at the Altria Theater. That's going to be pretty cool. We talk about a lot of serious stuff. You know that. We try to have a little bit of fun along the way. And then somewhere in the middle, we get these opportunities to help. At 4.05, I'm going to chat with, uh, with a friend of mine, Keith Culver. Keith is the acting president of the Virginia Law Enforcement Foundation. And the Virginia Law Enforcement Foundation tomorrow is going to have an event that is designed for first responders an event that will talk about wellness and options and opportunities for first responders to take care of themselves. We call upon these men and women every single day to take care of others. There's an opportunity for them to help take care of themselves. We'll get the details at 4.05. It is 3.58. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA. Four oh five, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. The most important piece of news tomorrow night's Powerball drawing one point four billion dollars. What would I do with it? Good question. First thing I would do, I'd set up a couple of nonprofits helping kids like uh, my Julia. Helping law enforcement community, I'd help to fund some other nonprofits, and then after that, I really don't know. Those would be the first things I think I would. Do. Oh no, no, wait a minute! You know what? I thought of a couple of other things. Uh, my buddy Dan down in Midlothian wants to open up an ice cream parlor and have a full staff, um, and only have uh, men and women who have special needs, which I think is great. So I, I, I would fund that. I would do that. And then I would pay off some people's mortgages and bills. And then I don't know what I would do. I'll tell you one of the groups I would absolutely fund if I won the lottery. Uh, the Virginia Law Enforcement Foundation, which does such amazing work. And it, it, it's so, it's fascinating given that it's a, quote, relatively young organization. But the concerns have been there for a long time. My friend uh, Keith Culver is the acting president. He's the public information officer. He's an all-around good guy, and I'm happy he's here. Keith, I appreciate you taking some time for us today. Well, thank you, and uh, thank you for giving us some time. I appreciate it, and it's always a good time to uh, have a chat with you, my friend. Well, that is that is very kind. Tell everybody what uh, Vale is all about, and then tell us all what's going to be happening tomorrow. 
Yeah, uh, Vail is uh, the Virginia Law Enforcement Foundation. Uh, we we formed ourselves about, I think we're going on about two and a half years now. Uh, right at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, um, we have three primary missions. Uh, one is to uh, honor fallen law uh, Virginia law enforcement officers and uh, to support our local law enforcement. Um, we do that through our uh, big uh, event in May up at Green Top, our job fair, and and. We honor a fallen Virginia law enforcement officer each year, which is at the end of the police week. Uh, second mission is uh, encourage you to consider careers in law enforcement uh, because it's so hard for the police departments now to recruit and find candidates. So we encourage you to explore criminal justice and law enforcement as careers. And then the last uh, primary mission we have is to work on reducing the police suicide rate and helping our first responders uh, deal with mental health issues that arise out of critical incidents that they face in the line of duty, which kind of leads into what we're doing tomorrow. Um, tomorrow we have our first annual uh, first responder wellness fair. Um, it is a fair that is going to focus solely on mental health, um, emotional health, and physical health of our first responders, not just law enforcement. We're, we're going to expand it to all of our first responders, firefighters, EMTs, dispatchers, um, we have a many. We have about twenty different uh, mental health organizations, um, organizations such as uh, Reboot Recovery and Warrior Mindset are coming out to help our first responders deal with uh, issues like PTSD yep. and dealing with emotional stress uh, that arise out of critical incidents. Um, it is uh, it is an ongoing topic that. Uh, needs to be addressed. Uh, there's a stigma in the first responder community that as police officers and firefighters, you know, we're the ones that are supposed to go out and give help. We're not, we're not the ones that are supposed to need help. Um, sadly, uh, from what we can gather, the information that is available out there, um, since November of last year, we've had at least six first responders commit suicide here in the Commonwealth. Um, so it's it's a topic that needs to be discussed. It's a topic that needs to be uh, approached and, and dealt with. And we got to let our first responders know that they are not alone um, in dealing with critical incidents and, and situations that arise in the line of duty and that it's okay not to be okay and it's okay to look for help. Uh, Keith Culver is joining us. Keith is the uh, acting president of Vail, the Virginia Law Enforcement Foundation. Tomorrow is going to be the uh, first ever but first annual wellness uh, fair for uh, for first responders. And, and Keith, one of the things that is so difficult, as you point out, for a first responder to do is to ask for help because... We are the ones who go out and, and we help those people who are in trouble. We help those people who are uh, the victim of a crime. We help those people who are having a medical emergency. But, you know, throughout the years, uh, we've developed this rather insular sort of a community. And uh, good, bad, or indifferent, uh, we've all seen ourselves as kind of tough people right guys or gals but we're tough and we we don't need that we don't need to talk to anybody uh you know we'll just suck it up and uh and move on with life but the reality is as you well know first responders see things that in all candor you cannot explain to a civilian and in most cases you don't want to explain to a civilian how many of us uh, have thought to ourselves 
I don't want my wife to know what I see. I don't want my husband to understand what I just went to. So there's this double sort of barrier to get first responders anywhere close to saying, you know, maybe I got to talk to somebody, chat with somebody about some of this. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I was talking with some, some folks a, a few weeks ago and, um, as you well know, back in early 2000s, I was a rookie police officer with the Henrico County Police Department. Um, and I clearly remember, uh, I want to say it was about 2001, I was still in field training. Um, I just graduated the academy, and I clearly remember uh, the first suicide call that I ever dealt with. Um, a young man had taken his own life, and the family had found him in his residence. And to this day, 20 two years later, you know, I remember the sights inside that house. I remember that scene. Um, I remember the smells. Um, and it's, it's very hard to deal with. Thankfully I had a great field training officer that day. Um, and I remember, you know, clearly when we got there, the first thing he did was he's like, you hang out here outside the house. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go inside and see what we got. I'm going to come out, tell you what we got. You decide if you want to go in. I went in. A few minutes later, I came out, and he's like, are you okay? Is there, I mean, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I just had to get some fresh air. And um, after we finished that call, um, we sat down in the car, and we talked about it, and, he, and we discussed it. So great field training officer um, who took that time to make sure I was okay. Um, but most people don't understand. You know, as law enforcement officers, as firefighters, EMTs, when we finish that call, we get right back in that car and we go on the next call. Right. If most other professions in this world, if they had to deal with something like that at work, they'd get three, four, five weeks off. Mm-hmm. They'd get to go talk to counselors yep. and then they'd come back to work. You know, we, we get eight to 10 hours uh, sleep after we get off of work and then we come back and do it all over again the next night. Um, so it's very hard to find that time to decompress, yep. de-stress and deal with those emotions and, and those feelings that you have when you deal with a scene like that. Um, and that's why it's so important that we focus on this and address this with our first responders. It's vital, Keith. And uh, you and I both know that a lot of times the uh, the first re- responder community will, will, will also engage in uh, what I guess we call in polite terms uh, self-medication, right? Well, I'll just I'll have a couple of beers and I'll forget about it and I'll get back to... Uh, uh, just sucking it up and going out there and, and doing what I need to do. But, no, it, it, there has to be a point where, where everybody who puts on that uniform, a, a, again, either in law enforcement or the, the firefighting community, because those people are crazy. The firefighters are crazy, and I say that with such tremendous respect, to, to run into that bur- building and, and to understand that anything could happen at any second. Um, and yet they still do it because they, they're they just heroes. I mean, they, they've been sent. They're heroes. EMTs who are uh, dealing with people in their absolute worst hour have also, like you said, they got to clean everything up. They got to suit back up and get back out there and do it. So, look, Keith, I, as you know, this this is my passion. It's not my job, but it's my passion. And I, I want as many first responders as possible to come out tomorrow. Give us the details. What what does it cost? Do we have to make reservations, exact location, hours, you know, the whole, the whole deal. So it's tomorrow morning from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. We're going to be in the parking lot of the 511 store, 
which is in Shore Pump. The exact address is 11120 West Broad Street, Glen okay. Allen, Virginia, 23060. It is absolutely free. And it's not just for our first responders. While, while we're focusing on our first responders, we have mental health organizations from all different walks of life. So it's for anybody out there that's dealing with emotional stress and dealing with these emotions and these feelings of any kind of mental health issues to come out and, and learn and how to deal with those things. Um, one of the big things I want is not only to see all my fellow first responders out there, whether you're law enforcement, a firefighter, an EMT, 911 dispatcher, yes. but I want to see the families of those officers and firefighters and EMTs and dispatchers come out because when your loved one is dealing with these feelings and these emotions, I want the families, the husbands, the wives, the kids, the parents to be able to see what those signs of PTSD are or PTSI and, and to start to see those signs of change in your loved one and go, I got to do something. I got to get them help. Um, so it's, it, we want the families to come out as well so that they can help their loved one. Keith, uh, I will see you tomorrow morning. I'm planning to be out there for a couple of hours. I'm I'm truly excited to uh, to come out tomorrow and uh, uh, just just clearly show that uh, we care. Everybody who's going to be part of this tomorrow cares, but uh, it's just vital what you're doing. I I, I can't tell you uh, how much I I respect and appreciate you and the team at Vale for putting this together. And again, tomorrow, starting at 10 a.m., running all the way until 3 p.m. at the uh, 511 Tactical Store on West Broad Street in Glen Allen. Keith, my friend, thank you, thank you, thank you, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, sir. That is Keith Culver, the uh, acting president, the public information officer for Vail, uh, Virginia Law Enforcement Foundation. Uh, This is such a vital activity. And I'll tell you what, When I came out of the police academy a thousand years ago, I think I've shared this with you. There are a couple of us that started this groove called Cops Helping Cops. And ever since then, I have volunteered as a police peer counselor, law enforcement peer counselor. And I can't tell you how many uh, men and women I've had the the blessing of dealing with, uh, of helping, of just being an ear. And I'm still there. I'm I'm here to tell any and every law enforcement officer in Central Virginia, as crazy as it may sound, you, you need somebody to chat with. Um, you know how to get a hold of me. Just get a hold of me. And tomorrow will be a whole collection of people dedicated to helping first responders and their families. It is a beautiful, beautiful event uh, that Keith and the team at Vail have planned. It is 416 Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA. 25 Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Don't forget, 520 this afternoon, your chance to win a pair of tickets for Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan is coming to the Altria Theater November the 27th. The way we're going to do this, 520 this afternoon, you're going to be listening closely. Jeremy is going to play an obviously Bob Dylan song. You hear it? Call us at 833-804-1140. Your caller number 9 Uh, you win those tickets. There is a video that is making the rounds right now, which uh, apparently shows Joe Biden, remember him, President of the United States, kicking Commander, or the first dog formerly known as Commander, because he's no longer the first dog. And now this is the second dog that the Bidens have had, which has been exiled from the White House because they're so poorly behaved and they are biting so many people. Uh, 
you don't get bad dogs for the most part. You get bad owners. And I would dare say that the Bidens, who are, my opinion, bad people anyway, uh, did not treat either one of these dogs properly because the dogs are props for them. They, they don't care about them. Anyway, I have the video, and I shared it over on Getter. If, you ha- if you're not with me on Getter, just follow The Jeff Katz Show on Getter. The Jeff Katz Show on Getter. You can see the video over there. Th- there is some question, was Joe Biden kicking the dog or did he sort of lose his balance? You take a look at the video and you tell me. In the Garage with Stan Andruski airs 8 a.m. tomorrow morning on this radio station. And Stan joins us at 435 to talk all about it. It's Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA. Thirty-five, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA. Hey, it's Friday afternoon. Yes, it is. Congratulations, we have made it. Self high fives all the way around. There are still people hanging out here late in the afternoon after our uh, Metro Richmond Crime Stoppers Golf Tournament. Uh, now, it, the whole thing kicked off early this morning. And uh, I, I'm not a golfer, as you know, but I was so stoked to be uh, one of the sponsors. And what a great crew coming out earlier today, all sorts of guys and gals playing golf for a great cause. Uh, you know, Metro Richmond Crime Stoppers, what happens is, is we raise the money and then we use it to provide rewards for people who uh, maybe have a tip on something that happens. So I, I just wanted to give a big uh, salute to everybody who was part of it. Uh, my, my good friend Julie Quarles sang the national anthem this morning and just blew it right out of the park. Uh, Drew Aubrey was the guy that uh, put this whole thing together and uh, Patrick at the club. Anyway, I just, I, I'm just looking out the official weather window here at the uh, Plaque Shack and some of these folks are still hanging out. I don't know how long a golf tournament goes. I've never played in one. But you know who has? Stan Andruski, my brother from another mother, uh, owner, operator of Certified Auto Repair, 8401 Oakview Avenue in the lakeside section of Henrico, and the host of In the Garage with Stan Andruski. Good afternoon, Stan. Jeff Katz. Jeff Katz. Good afternoon. I appreciate the warm welcome. However, to call me a golfer... Would not do justice to anybody who plays that sport. I have tried. Megan Megan beat the snot out of me the other day. She's played like six rounds in her life. Um, and the great one, the great one will tell you. I yeah. used to play golf with the great one all the time. We don't play near enough anymore. But I would put the ball on the tee and it would fall off, and he would say, "Junior, one." I put it back on. That's not one stroke. Yes, it is. Two. It would fall off the tee. So I do love playing golf. My back don't let me. But uh-huh. what beautiful weather we've had for it too. Wow. I wish I, I knew more about that. I've been so busy, I haven't been able to pay attention to that uh, um, to that golf tournament. I am in a lot of other golf tournaments. I love McShin and yeah. um, a couple others uh, across the uh, Warren McKenna, the uh, invitational he does every year from my old boss from Village Exxon. So okay. um, love, 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 love doing golf. But cars, uh, boy, uh, is winter going to be here this weekend? We're going to be in the 30s in some places yeah. in Virginia. God, what is... in the smokes? <laughs> It is so bizarre that so much of what we discuss in the garage every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. about cars, about vehicles of all sorts, there's always a weather 
issue. It just seems like you can't get away from it. And, man, the high temperature on Saturday is going to be like the low 60s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Well, well, I don't, you know, well, I don't know. Is it global warming? Is it global cooling? Is it this? We don't know. It's it's just weather. It's been here since the dawn of time. Like weather happens, but you know, once in a century. And I'm like, no, no, we've had rain here that yep. is second to Noah's flood many right. times in Virginia. It's not, right. stop telling us it's once in a century. I'm not following the science. <laughs> Look, I know they do their best. Leave us alone. But it is going to be chilly. And so on yeah. your car, the reason we talk about weather is weather affects your vehicle, especially in Virginia, when yeah. it could swing 80 degrees in a day, right? So, yeah. I mean, literally, we've had an 80-degree swing many times in Virginia in a day. Yeah. Uh, crazy. Something like that. 65, in between 65 and 80 degrees, like 10 times, um, drops. So what I want to just remind people is, obviously, you're going to have your tire pressure low this weekend. You're going to start seeing your tire pressure get low. It okay. uh, doesn't mean you have a nail in your tire. Most of the time, that's what happens. Even when you use nitrogen over time, we've gone away from that. Uh, there are some studies being done right now by some people we trust to see if this is affecting rubber. We stopped using nitrogen a few years ago okay. uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, even the nitrogen testers on the AC systems we stopped using, there is some conflicting issues or conflicting reports on how it affects rubber. And so we're not willing to take that chance anymore. We'll just fill your tires up for you if you come by. So um, that's what you're going to see, some lower tire pressure. Batteries, if your battery is getting old, which you would know if you come by certified for any of the that's repairs, right. That's right. certified auto repair, we check your battery every time you're in. Even if it's an oil change, you get your battery checked. Um, they, you could start seeing some battery failures this weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you cool it. Your coolant, you want to be checking your coolant for protection level, which your local mechanic can do, and corrosion which you may or may not be able to do. Both of those things matter. Okay. There's a corrosion level that can tell you. It's not just pH. It's actually corrosion strips that can tell you, uh, even though it might protect to negative 30 degrees, is it eating away some of the metal parts on the inside of your vehicle? Uh, both of those things should be checked within the next couple months. Oh, sorry, next couple of weeks if you can, yeah. uh, because the weather's going to start changing. We've got Thanksgiving right around the corner. Yep. Um, we're not in the middle of a pandemic anymore, thank God. Yep. Uh, and, you know, we just we have a lot to be thankful for, man. So that's what's coming. That's our next season. It's going to be here when you blink your eyes. I skip right over Halloween, by the way, because I have no more kids in, at the house. <laughs> but but that means there's more candy for you. Ah, uh, it means uh, no. But you know what? I am going to buy a big giant bag of candy. Like I want to get full size candy bars, like all the rich neighborhoods had when I was <laughs> little. I want like I want Wonka bars. <laughs> Come by my house. There you go. Full size. That's the way to go. Now, now, Stan, now here's the thing. Some of us are confused right about now. I, I mean, you knew that already. But no, some of us are confused because you're talking about your coolant. And I'm thinking, but wait a minute, it's going down to 30 degrees. Why am I talking about coolant? Most of us, I think, are calling that antifreeze. It's like double duty, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, because okay. you have Freon, which is the actual AC, and then your okay. coolant or antifreeze, yeah. um, extended life. You know, they, they get six different names, but it's, it's antifreeze. It's a certain okay. type, um, okay. and, and some of them are non-toxic or try to be. I don't believe any of them are, but they, they, tr they try to, to be uh, less, less uh, environmentally hurtful and bad for animals. But okay. point is, is it can look perfectly fine, which we learned uh, within the last few years, and you could still have some really bad corrosion uh, inhibitors inside, or corrosion it just doesn't protect like you used yep. to, right? I'm not yep. some scientist. Yep. I just know what it does and doesn't do. Um, and so... That's, that's what we see. And then, yeah, obviously, when your temperature drops, if your coolant uh, is unable to protect after a few years, if it cannot keep it from freezing, it could freeze your engine block, just like you used to hear. We wow. still have that happen. Oh. We still have that happen in Virginia, where the engine block freezes, uh, and you have a, a cracked engine block or a cracked cylinder head. That does still happen. So... 
really important to get those things. I'm not trying to scare you guys. You just have to be on top of this. Like, yeah. you have to be paying attention. Yeah, so that's what we do. We give you maintenance programs and maintenance plans yep. uh, over at Certified. I, well, you you absolutely do. We'll uh, certainly have a lot of uh, uh, tips and insight. We answer questions on Saturday mornings. And I have to ask you about a story I saw online. It was on Facebook. It was on the Certified Auto Repair Facebook page stand. Uh, you guys donated a car a couple of days ago. Tell everybody about that, please. Um, well, we were contacted uh, by um, a friend of somebody who... We, we do have customers that come by actually more so than ever now that they know that we, we have donated uh, quite a few cars. Uh, sure the have. count's getting pretty high. It's yeah. past the teens into the 20s. Yeah. Uh, we love doing it um, anytime we can. But a lot of times they'll come in and they'll need some work, and uh, we'll go in. Uh, recently, Advanced Auto Parts and Ryan, they, they've, they've teamed up with us to help us with some of the parts. Um, it, it's really, really cool. Uh, and it's just something else we do. You know, I have a, we're a woman-owned business. My wife owns this business. Megan owns it. Uh, I'm just, you know, here because I have a sugar mama. And <laughs> so, no, but, you know, we, it, was a, it was a battered lady, and we, we were able to help her and, 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 and uh, her kids. And it was the best thing we could do. I mean, she was very thankful. It's going to give her some help to get ahead. It's not easy uh, when men uh, stop. They, they don't know how to be men. They, they don't have fathers in their lives. And it's, it's a big deal for our community to make sure that we gather around men to keep them from being this way towards women. I mean, it really is. Uh, you talk about pandemics. We haven't. We've lost our fathers and dads for many years, which is Fatherhood Foundation. You know, I talk about this. There's a lot of problems here, but we were able to help her uh, get ahead and hopefully get put some of this stuff behind her uh, and start a new life. The other thing that's really big is we started breaks for breasts this past week. So Advanced Auto Parts okay. partnered with us again. Okay. We're doing free brake pads on every car that comes in. A portion of that, most of it goes towards. Uh, it's actually a true vaccination they've been working on for about 15 years mm-hmm. for breast cancer. They're very close to it. Uh, we think it's, that we think within by 2024, 25, we're going to have it. And so we're mm-hmm. huge supporters of that. You get free brake pads this year uh, in October by right. appointment. Obviously, we're we're kind of blown out. Yeah. Advanced Auto Parts is, is covering them, uh, and and we're putting them on for you. So it's it's a very good deal. Um, for people who need breaks in the month of October, and it benefits uh, breaks for breasts. Awesome. I love it. I love all of it. Listen, Stan, you guys uh, continue to do what you're doing. I'm looking forward to uh, chatting with you tomorrow. Um, are, are you going to be wearing uh, a coat and gloves? Flip-flops and shorts. Flip-flops and shorts. I refuse to bow down to this global cooling. <laughs> I am standing against it. <laughs> All right. Well, you take your stand in flip flops and shorts. I'll I'll be I'm, wearing a full length uh, the muckluck or something. I don't know. You know, Hottie laughed at you last week because you had full like a full yes. outfit. It was like yes, sixty one degrees. You're like it's chilly. And she was like, why do you have a sweat top on? You Heidi gave you a hard time. Yes, so, she did. Uh, Yep. We may yep. be a little warmer than we grew up, but I'll see you in the morning. And uh, thank you, Central Virginia. Just trying to lighten the mood uh, yep. to everybody. Have a, have a great Friday night, and we'll see you all in the morning. Thanks, that Jeff. Sounds, that sounds great. That is Stan Andruska. Yes, he is my brother from another mother. As I mentioned, I, uh, I demoted him from friend a number of years ago. Said, that's it. Your family. What does it mean? Well, amongst other things, it means you know where the coffee is. Go help yourself. That's that's what that means. But he's a great guy, certified auto repair, great, great, great place. And uh, the charity work that they're doing, really, 
just says everything you need to know uh, through the month of October, as you pointed out, uh, brakes for breasts, uh, Advanced Auto Parts teams up with uh, Certified and they uh, provide the, uh, the brake pads. Uh, free, as I understand it, right? And uh, that money goes to this research to uh, combat breast cancer. So that's, that's, that's just great stuff. And then uh, Advanced Auto Parts actually donated the parts necessary for certified auto repair to fix that vehicle. The Walker family donated the vehicle. And with this team effort, they fixed it up, gave it to this uh, young woman who was a nursing student, was able to get out of this abusive situation, and now... Well, she's got a, a, a good life ahead of her, we sure hope. 445, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRV. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA, Monday, Monday, Monday. That's when the tickets for politics and pints will finally go on sale. Uh, I'm not happy about it either. I mean, I just want the record to uh, reflect that. I don't know exactly what the snafus were, but here's what I can tell you. Here's what I can tell you. You'll have the opportunity starting on Monday. Now, every time we do this, this is this is year number five. It's tough to believe that, but it is. It's year number five that we're doing politics and pints. The VIP package always sells out, and it sells out fast. I don't even know what's involved in the VIP package this year. Uh, it, it, it could be, um, I don't know, neck rubs, commemorative T-shirts, uh, uh, hitting Howard Gutman in the face with a pie. I mean, those were all options I threw out there, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if any of those have been adopted. They probably haven't. They're smarter people than I am that, that handle those details. But I do know this. Uh, John Reed and Howard Gutman and I always have a great time when we do these things. Uh, Howard comes out and uh, reminds everybody why he's just unbelievably wrong about everything. And uh, then John and I share with you some some good common sense uh, ideas. And we have a good time while we're doing it. And the audience has a really, really good time. So it's going to be Wednesday, November the 1st. It's at the Beacon Theater in Hopewell, the historic Beacon Theater. Monday, the tickets will start becoming available. I, I, I don't know the time. I'm, I'm going to spitball here and say I'm going to assume, which I know is dangerous, but I am going to assume that uh, it will happen first thing in the morning so that uh, when John is here at 6 a.m. Monday morning, you should be able to purchase your tickets for Politics and Pints. If you are right now thinking, eh, I'd like to go. I'm not sure if I want to do the VIP package. I'm going to wait. Big, big mistake. If you are thinking at all about the VIP experience for Politics and Pints, just do it. Just do it because you're not going to get a second chance. It just I, I can tell you with five years of experience, no matter where we've done it, whether it's uh, the West End or, or up here at Ashland or now down in uh, on the south side, VIP is going to go. So Monday morning, if you're thinking at all about the VIP package, just do it. And I would dare say you will have a great, great time. Another opportunity to have a great time, November the 27th at the Altria Theater. 
Bob Dylan is coming to town. Yeah, Bob Dylan will be at the Altria Theater November the 27th. And I want to send you there. I'm going to give you a pair of tickets at 520 this afternoon. At 520, not even a full half hour from now. Jeremy is going to play a song that is obviously Bob Dylan. When you call that, you'll be caller number 9 at 833-804-1140. It is 456. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Five oh four, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA, Friday afternoon. Yes, indeed, we have made it. Congratulations, self high fives all the way around. Kevin McCarthy, the former Speaker of the House, uh, apparently has told some people, "Hmm, I just may very well quit." Buzzes that he could resign. What happened? I don't know. I mean, it's California. I don't know if the governor gets to uh, appoint someone to fill his seat. Do they uh, hold a special election? I, I, I don't really know. But that could be interesting, huh? But then, after that was reported, he told some folks at Fox News, no, 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 I am not going to resign. It would, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, honestly, I would not put it past him to quit, which would then put Republicans, by the way, in an even more precarious situation. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a better jobs report. Huh. Well, that's good to hear. Dave Bratt, former member of Congress, uh, now the vice provost at uh, Liberty University, an economist by training, economics professor, former dean of the business school at Liberty, uh, he's going to be with us at 535. Maybe he can explain why we are seeing a better jobs report. Now, the weird thing about a lot of these numbers is they all seem to get adjusted a month or two later. Sometimes down, sometimes down, but most of the time they're adjusted downward. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Dave Bratt will join us at uh, 535. Next week, we've got Alex Marlowe joining us, the editor-in-chief of Breitbart. Really looking forward to uh, catching up with him. It's been a while since he has been here. Donald Trump. Well, that's all I was going to say. I was going to say Donald Trump. I mean, because invariably, people will react. Oh, my God. Or, wow, yeah. The uh, folks on the left hate Donald Trump. You figured that out a while ago, didn't you? And they're terrified of Donald Trump. Should they be? Well, uh, yeah. Yeah, because Donald Trump resonates with real people. I think that's what scares them the most. It's not that he's wealthy. It's not even that he's, you know, brash or anything. It's that he resonates with real people. People who get up in the morning and go to work or get up in the afternoon and go to work or people who get up late at night and go to work and work last shift. Donald Trump resonates with, with each of us. And that's what terrifies the leftists, because the leftists just have always assumed, well, we're just going to talk about the evil millionaires and the evil billionaires, and if they own a company, well, forget about And people look at Trump and say, well, no, no, he gets it. One of the most powerful parts of Donald Trump, as far as I'm concerned, was when he went to Detroit, Michigan and said, hey, look, 
you've been voting for Democrats for 100 years. What do you have to show? And he said, you could vote for me. What have you got to lose? So it is an all-out assault on Trump. You're seeing it with these, these legal proceedings. And, well, MSNBC, of course, has gotten into it. Yes, I will remember. Uh, remind you, rather. I watch MSNBC so that you don't have to. It, no, 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 really, it's okay. It's okay. You're welcome. Take a listen, if you would, please. Uh, the latest uh, deranged drivel from MSNBC. Cut number one. Deeply dangerous racist attack on migrants by an ex-president with the history of fomenting violence in America is where we start today. And the CEO and national director of the Anti-Defamation League, Jonathan Greenblatt, is back. Jonathan, I want to start with you. I want to read you something that our friends over at Maddow blog have reported. This is from uh, Laura Baron Lopez, a White House correspondent for PBS, who told her viewers last night, quote, I checked with a historian, Ruth Ben-Gayat, and she said that language that he's using echoes language used in Nazi propaganda by Adolf Hitler when Adolf Hitler actually said that Jewish people and migrants were, quote, causing a blood poisoning of Germany. Uh, your reaction to Trump's comments? Well... In some ways, it feels like there we go again, Nicole. I mean, to be frank, I don't know how much Donald Trump is a student of history or if he even reads books and what's on his nightstand. But I do know, as the reporter said last night on PBS NewsHour, that the language that he used in that interview is the same or intended to evoke the kind of language that's been used by many who hold vicious anti-immigrant, racist, anti-Semitic views like Hitler. Okay, so how many dots do they have to connect before they got this Hitler reference? And let me tell you, as the one Jewish guy in the room, because I'm not entirely sure what Pixie's uh, religious uh, affiliation is, but as the one Jewish guy in the room, I'm going to tell you right now, Jonathan Goldblatt from the uh, ADL does not speak for me. He does not speak for me. He is a Barack Obama dude. He worked for Obama. He is a professional far left wing guy. He always has been. He doesn't speak for me. And I'm telling you right now, he doesn't speak for the Jewish community. I am appalled absolutely appalled at what has happened to some organizations including the ADL which has become nothing more than a standard bearer for the furthest left wing politicians and left wing agenda items it is disturbing like nobody's business I've got tickets for you I know it's a weird segue but I do I'm just thinking now 520 this afternoon, which is only a couple of minutes away. You will hear my friend Jeremy, the executive producer of this here little show. He will play an obviously Bob Dylan tune. When you hear that, you will need to be caller number 9 at 833-804-1140. 833-804-1140. What happens when you realize that life is you know, tough. Well, Candace Owens, who is a brilliant, beautiful woman, uh, was confronted at a uh, a speech at a college. 
She had some, I thought, pretty uh, pretty sage advice. Can we listen to cut number five? What do you have to say to the trans students on this campus who actively feel victimized by your presence here today? Additionally, you just pointed out that this man detransitioned, but earlier in your speech... You Guys, I want to hear her. Go ahead. What do I have to say? Just, just the question, please. No speech. What is the question? What do you have to say to the trans students on this campus who feel actively victimized by your presence here? Life's tough. Get a helmet, man. I'm too pregnant for this. My goodness. Seriously, somebody just give out free hugs or something and then somebody give out free hugs. I don't I can't be your mommy. Okay, I'm too pregnant. I can't be your mommy. I love Candace Owens. I really do. I really do. I, I, that that's it right there in a nutshell. Life is tough. Congratulations. Welcome to the real world. Life is tough. Sometimes people say things that will upset you. Life is tough. Sometimes people do things which will disturb you. Life is tough. Do you have options? Yes. You can cower in the corner, fearful of every single thing that happens. You can cover your ears so that you could never have to hear anything with which you might disagree. Or you could take a lap, rub some dirt on it, and walk it off. Life is tough. Get a helmet. I mean, what are we going to do? Are we going to have cuddle punny puppies and, and unicorns and rainbows for everybody? Or are we going to acknowledge that life is rough? Not everybody gets a fair shake. Not everybody has the same situation. I think that's pretty, pretty good advice right there. Peace of knowledge. Life is tough. Get a helmet. Good for her. It is 514, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. It is a Friday afternoon, and uh, yeah, we have made it. Congratulations. Uh, Self high fives all the way around. Jeff, is Hillary Clinton still relevant? I, I guess she thinks so, but she sounds as if she needs some counseling when she starts speaking about deprogramming a segment of the population. Thank goodness she didn't become president. That's for Michael. Well, I agree with you. Uh, the, the idea, what did you say? A formal deprogramming. Make no mistake. If you are not on board with, with her agenda and that of the uh, the uber-leftist man, then, then you're told, hey, you're part of a cult. You need to be formally deprogrammed. That's dangerous stuff. It's dangerous, dangerous stuff. Chairman Mao had a process for formal deprogramming. Those are called re-education camps. Stalin had a process for formally deprogramming folks. Those are called gulag. I think it's dangerous for anybody to be advocating for that. It's craziness. Newsweek magazine says that the FBI is targeting supporters of former President Trump ahead of the 2024 election. Look, I, I, I don't want to believe that. But I will share the story with you. During a three-month investigation, Newsweek spoke to more than a dozen current or former government officials specializing in terrorism. 
The experts revealed that the FBI is covertly monitoring MAGA Republicans because the domestic intelligence agency suspects that Trump supporters are the greatest threat of violence, possibly even capable of starting a civil war. Craziness. Absolute craziness. Absolute craziness. But again, that's that's not me, and it's not coming from some... Uh, far right wing organization or or publication that everybody just dismisses out of hand. It's Newsweek magazine for God's sakes. And I guess I have to explain to anybody who's under the age of what fifty what a magazine was. Uh, they were pieces of paper, and uh, they, they they went through a printer and they had words on them and some of that pictures in them, and you would find them in the waiting rooms of uh, dentists and doctors. Some people actually got them mailed to their homes. Oh, now I got to explain mail. Never mind. Uh, Newsweek is a website, and, and they just uh, reported this. So I think it's, it's bizarre. Uh, there's also a new subcategory of domestic terrorists called agave. Stands for anti-government, anti-authority, violent extremism. The new subcategory is a threat group that's not anarchists, militia, or sovereign citizen groups. Wow. All right. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I know I'm not on board with anybody committing any acts of violence. Period. End of story. There's a writer over in Switzerland who's going to jail, apparently, for 60 days because he called another writer, quote, a fat lesbian. So I've done a little research, and uh, uh, the, the woman in question, according to some reports, is in fact gay. And other reports said she wasn't. So I, I don't know uh, if that's true. I don't think I would describe her as fat. I, she looks normal to me. You know, she's like a regular person, not particularly thin or not particularly heavy. But part of the defense being offered by the writer is, number one, I have the, the right to speak freely. Except it's Switzerland. It's not the United States. And the rules in Switzerland are Different, And I remind you about this all the time. When we talk about the Constitution, we talk about the rights that are given to us, there's a huge difference between the United States and, in this case, Switzerland. Our rights are God-given. They are God-given. They're not given by the government. The Constitution, the Bill of Rights, serves as a check on the government. It, it's fundamentally a negative document. It tells the government what they cannot do. But I want you to remember something. If you're in a country where your rights are given to you by the government, then they can take them away anytime they want. In the United States, you could make a defense against this particular case. Number one, you wouldn't have a special government tribunal set up to examine uh, speech like that. You just We just don't have that. But let's say she sued this guy for defamation. Let's take a, an imaginary person, because, again, I don't know. I've seen different reports about who she is and you know what her particular... Uh, affinity is and i would i wouldn't describe her as fat but let's say you had somebody who was in that situation and somebody derided someone else you are a fat heterosexual jeff okay 
What if I said I'm offended by that? That's hurtful. Well, that other person could say, hey, look, I looked at the uh, the weight tables. Technically speaking, you're fat. That's the ultimate defense. In any court of law, truth is the ultimate defense. And you, sir, are a heterosexual. What if I say I'm offended by that? Well, here's the proof. That person would be able to say, well, I've proven that he is, in fact, these things, and therefore you you have no basis to pursue legal action against me. It's it's an interesting sort of uh, situation you find yourself in. All right, coming up at uh, 535, former Congressman Dave Bratt. There are new jobs numbers out, and uh, the president says, hey, jobs are up because of Bidenomics. We'll see what uh, Dave Bratt has to say at uh, 535. It's 527, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. Five thirty-six, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is Friday afternoon, and I gotta tell you, Dave Bratt, former member of Congress, now the uh, vice provost out at uh, Liberty University, joins us. We got a lot to talk about with him, Dave. I appreciate you being here. Hey, great being on, Jeff. Can we start with the ouster of Kevin McCarthy? Because you certainly had a chat or two with Kevin McCarthy while you were in the House, right? Yeah, and uh, I don't get straight out into the politics right Right. now. But, you know, I'll just say 10 years ago, I ran on budget issues, which were front and center and promises that were made. And a conference voted, the the Republican conference, that's when the Republicans all get together, they voted a year ago uh, for several trillion dollar cut to the budget. They all agreed. Right. And when the speaker went up to the White House, he went along with the White House budget single handedly. Mm. And that right there is the bone of contention, right? It's a policy issue in my mind. I yep. think it's a policy issue for the eight that voted no. And, and there are many others who won't say anything or you won't get the 20 trillion $20 million you need to run for your next election. And then the immigration piece, it's fine to talk about it. Everyone's talking about it. But now even Biden says we've got to build a wall. <laughs> I said that 10 years ago, and everybody said, you know, call you nasty names and everything. And now they, I got the mayor of New York and the mayor of Chicago on my side. So I'm in good company. <laughs> you, you, you certainly are. You are ahead of your yeah. time, Dave. You are yeah, ahead, apparently. <laughs> ahead of your time. Hey, uh, <laughs> These these new jobs numbers came out, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. The, allegedly, yeah. jo- more jobs have been created. Joe Biden wasted no time in saying, "Say, see, I did that." That's Bidenomics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You want you want to give us the uh, the inside scoop on that analysis? Yeah. Well, for folks who want to get go deep, go to zero hedge, right? They got funny, yes. great charts all day on this stuff. But you know, the good news in the real economy, jobs is bad news for the stock market right now because they know the Fed is going to keep interest rates higher for longer. That's the new key phrase. Because the inflation expectations are going through the roof Mm -hmm. uh, to the extent that Rick Santani, uh, he's on the floor every day, right? He's great CNBC anchor. He said the 10-year Treasury in in seven years is going to be 14%. The 10-year is at 5% right now. In other words, inflation is here uh, in a powerful way. And El Arion, right, one of the most serious economists who called 08 ahead of time, yep. uh, is making a recession call today based on this. 
The jobs report is out. It's it's up. I think it is up mm-hmm. uh, because when you run a two uh, trillion dollar deficit every year for ten years in a row, that's stimulative. Okay. So if you borrow from the kids to create jobs, you can do that in the short run. But then somebody's going to pay the bill, and the left, you know, they own the ink, they own the newspaper. No one asks them, are you in favor of $50 trillion in debt in 10 years, like CBO says? And you're one of the few shows that just gets into the real numbers. And I'll tell you what, Dave, I'm sad that I have to be one of the few. This ought to be front and center. Yeah, it should. Yeah. Everybody, I don't care whether you're Democrat or Republican, if you've got kids or grandkids, you need to be paying attention to this stuff. Yeah, no, this, this, uh, you know, I, I honestly think this. I taught economics for 20 years and been following every day. I, I think we're seriously in for a lost decade wow. uh, in the United States, like Japan had, right? Yes. It, we're, we're $50 trillion in debt in 10 years, right? That's the 10-year budget window. Interest rates, 5%. So the interest payments on the debt will be $2.5 trillion mm. in just interest payments in 10 years. Right now, they're a trillion. They're on their way to a trillion and a half in no time. Wow. Uh, and that's going to squeeze out Social Security, Medicare, et cetera. And so you're right. And where is the left? The liberals are gone. We got these new leftists. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to know what they believe, but they certainly don't believe in helping the poor anymore. No. Right? I worked at the World Bank with a lot of liberals. I like liberals. Yep. We worked on Africa together, worked on poverty together, these kind of things. I had different solutions, right? I wanted small government. They wanted big government. Right. And so, you know, that's, that's the, the old debate, but the new debate, these lefties, we got massive uh, immigration problems. Uh, we got massive debt problems. We got a massive China problem, and I don't hear this new left people talking about any of the major issues that affect the American people. And I hope the American people finally, uh, you know, get to get wake up and and, and know their kids are in serious trouble. That your kids are in serious trouble, folks. Yeah. And so uh, everybody, pay attention. Absolutely. Dave Brad is joining us. And uh, Dave, you'll find on uh, on Getter with uh, Brad Economics. Dave, you mentioned uh, uh, El Arion. Uh, and yeah. he's, he's all over the place today. Yep. Uh, one of the quotes was, something is likely to break after the jobs data. Yeah. The Financial yeah. Times says, hey, U.S. may no longer avoid a recession. But i got to ask you something. At the same time he's saying that sort of stuff, Jamie Dimon says, in the future, uh, AI is going to be doing... Uh, just a boatload of work, and human beings will only be working, yeah, maybe three, three and a half days a week. How does this all jibe? Yeah, I know Jamie Dimon. He is a smart cat. Uh, he doesn't have much to say about helping the poor. No, I wish he would. Yeah, and AI putting the poor out of work isn't too optimistic. So I'd love to hear what he's got in plan for the people who are dumped. Right. I I don't share that uh, view because. Uh, I wish the American economy uh, was adaptive enough and entrepre- entrepreneurial enough to absorb real technology. Right. Uh, but when your government sector is now $7 trillion and the productivity in the government sector is 0.5 wow. and has been falling for 50 years, right? Productivity has been going down for 50 years in a row in the U.S. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to believe that we could incorporate tech yeah. Uh, but the, the the phone you're holding in your hand and all that, that was the great promise. It was going to add, you know, more productivity to the average worker. It never happened. And so right. we'll see. I, I'm I'm skeptical. Okay.
Okay. Uh, Dave, you have been uh, following something on Brad Economics on Getter, and I, as always, I need you to explain it to me because for me it's complicated. You, <laughs> you're, you're funny. Well, I'm not being honest, man. Soft landing, right? The Fed's talking about yeah, a soft right, landing. Right. And, and as a non-economist, I'm thinking, boy, that sounds good. Well, yeah, wow, was, good, right, yeah, right. But apparently not so much. Yeah, the, the irony and sarcasm and humor you have is what makes you so popular because you've got a huge brain. You know exactly what's going on. The soft landing, uh, Axios, Reuters, the New York Times, uh, have all been signaling very strongly to the Biden regime. Mm-hmm. And all, all political views are just my own here. And it's yeah. not really political. You better wake up, uh, Bidenomics, because people are very upset about inflation. And so Reuters, Axios, they've been writing these pieces uh, telling the American poor, hey, you guys are unthankful. The Federal Reserve, after they've ruined your life for the past 20 years and kept wages flat for you so you don't get a pay raise, right. while you got inflation, you know, while you're miserable, Yep. You ought to be thankful because they're arranging what's called a soft landing for the richest of the rich, uh-huh. who are all left, by the way, right? The big seven tech yes. firms yeah. are, are worth more than a, all European firms combined. They're all on the left. Yeah. And so, yeah, there you there you have it. <laughs> all right. Uh, for those who are also looking at this and going, all right, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. But the numbers that came out today, the average credit card balance, uh, 11% up 11% year over year. First time yep. ever in history, the average uh, credit card debt is $6,000. Uh, that does not bode well either, does it? No, no. And and what you just said is important. For those who don't understand what I'm talking about, go back and get, get, get the copy of this in print and make sure Brat never lies, right? I always right. say, you know, I, I, I've told the truth 10 years ago. Everything I said, go... Go Google everything I'm saying and study it. Have your kids study it. Say, it has brat, is Brat lying here? That's right. Right? And if I'm not, then you've got a major problem on your hands. It, right? And so, yeah, now to, you know, to fast forward, yeah, the average credit card uh, payment, interest payments now, the APRs are up to like 25% for real. Right? Everybody knows I, what you're saying is real. Yeah. And that reflects inflation expectations everybody knows inflation is coming that's why the bond yields are Mm -hmm. going up through the roof Mm -hmm. and that's why mortgages are now eight percent and car payments are up and you know and 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 your meat and chicken and eggs are up 24 percent and so and and one last little i'll just throw in one last if you got inflation of 10 percent then 10 percent then 10 percent that does not mean prices are up 10%. Inflation is prices are up 10, and then another 10% on top of that, and another 10% on top of that. That's why your meat is up 24% right now. That's right. So when you hear that inflation is at 3.7 now and going up somewhat, it used to be 9. That's right. Right? So add, you know, 5 and 9 and 5 and whatever, and that's the real inflation rate. You've got to add them all together. It's not just the current rate. That's not what you're suffering and you know it and so don't let the elites fake you out Uh, listen it is great stuff and i want to encourage everybody brat economics on getter that's the best way to follow everything that you're doing right dave yeah no and i encourage you gotta learn this stuff 
Yes. A republic was designed for a moral people and an intellectual people. And one of God's great gifts is the Word. Yes. Right? So you need to learn the Word, get educated like Jeff, and he's kind enough to have me on. If the American people get educated, this country can save itself, and it will. From from your lips to his ears, Dave, I am always so grateful for you making time. Have a blessed weekend, my friend. We'll talk soon. Bless you back, brother. See you, Jeff. Thank you. That is Dave Brad. He is uh, he's a brilliant guy. Economics uh, professor for twenty plus years. Worked at the World Bank, and I'm telling you, if I can understand it, you can understand it. Go on Getter, Brat Economics, Brat Economics, and you look up some of the things we just talked about. El Arion, Jamie Dimon's comments, uh, the jobs report, what's really there, and the phrase "soft landing." Uh, you may actually want to do it after you hit happy hour because it's uh, <clears throat> it ain't all that pretty at all, as the late great Warren Zevon would say. Five forty six, Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA. Self high five. Jeff Gads, News Radio, WRBA, Friday afternoon. Yes, we have made it. Congratulations. Self high fives all the way around. Uh, if you like the warm weather, man, this is it. Well, at least for this week. Uh, tomorrow, 68 is the high. Sunday, 64 and mostly sunny. That's an outside day, if you ask me. I mean, you got to bundle up, obviously, 64 degrees. That's crazy cold, but uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be a little, bit of a, a little bit of a relief from the uh, oppressive heat. But not to worry, the oppressive heat will be back before you know it. A couple of things that uh, I do want you to be aware of. Again, if you are not following uh, Dave Brad over on Getter, you really do need to do that, Brad Economics. And if you didn't see this piece from uh, Jamie Dimon, uh, Jamie Dimon's a, a brilliant guy, as you know. Uh, big time, very, very successful uh, business guy, J.P. Morgan. And he says, hey, in the future, AI is going to be doing an awful lot of work. I think we all figure that out, or at least we've all been told that. And most people will only work three to three and a half days a week. And you're thinking, well, that sounds great. I, I that, That's good. That's good. It's like the Jetsons, you know, a four-hour work week. Well, uh, the problem is, if you're only working three and a half, hour, uh, three and a half days a week, do you think you get to keep your full salary? Because that's not mentioned by anybody who's, who's saying, oh, well, that's great. I only want to work three days a week or one day a week. I don't want to work. I want to. Okay. How do you continue to buy things, particularly with inflation continuing to rage? I, I don't know that you're going to receive your full salary for working three and a half days a week. And if you're not getting your full salary, then I would dare say you're probably going to have some difficulty uh, paying your bills. Here's what I think. I think that some of these folks who are saying that you're only going to work three days a week, three and a half days a week, are also going to come along in the not too distant future and say, well, uh, salaries are down. And because the salaries are down, well, we need to do something. And what they're going to say they need to do will involve some sort of government program. And it's going to pay you. 
Now you're thinking, maybe, that's okay. Well, I'll get paid anyway. But this is all kicking the can. And, and we are going to leave a gigantic debt to our children. We've already done it. Trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. And there's, there's not any sort of sunshine on the horizon on that issue. I'm sorry to tell you that. So we got to figure it out. I, I don't know how we do it. I, I don't know. I don't know that I'm equipped to do it, but I think we need to be aware of it. Now, having said all of that, let me give you a couple of nice pieces of information. I saw this the other day, and uh, I was very excited about this. Night racing is returning to uh, RIR. Night racing is coming back. Uh, first time since 2019, the... Uh, Races for the NASCAR Cup Series in 2024 are going to be on Easter Sunday, March 31st, 2024, and Sunday, August the 11th, 2024. Both of them are going to be night races. So I think that's pretty cool. I think that's uh, that's a nice thing. You know, it's it's a good way to uh, see some of the racing over there at uh, RI. I'm sorry, uh, Richmond Raceway Complex. I always I I mess that up, but you know what I mean. And uh, the president of Richmond Raceway is going to be with us sometime next week to, uh, to chat a little bit about that. Looking forward to that. And if you love Duke's mayonnaise, and, and you should, just for the record, you should. And you've always thought to yourself, boy, what I really need is a tattoo. Uh, well, your, your stars may have aligned because Duke's mayonnaise is... <laughs> It's going to make it possible for you to get a free tattoo, but it has to be mayonnaise-themed. It it has to be Duke's Mayo-themed. They've already partnered with Richmond Tattoo Shops, and you know, we are the most heavily inked city, region, when you do all the numbers, and you know, it involves numbers, so I don't do them, but I read the things that say, uh, per capita, we have the most tattoos anywhere in America, which I think is pretty cool because I kind of like ink. But anyway, uh, if you are willing to get a tattoo that involves du- uh, Duke's Mayo, and I don't mean just eating it. I mean having a tattoo of Duke's mayonnaise on you, uh, you could already be a winner. So I'm going to post that if you go to uh, The Jeff Cat Show over on Facebook, The Jeff Cat Show over on Facebook. You can take a look at that and find out how you can get signed up to get your free Duke's Mayonnaise tattoo. Tomorrow morning, I hope you'll join me with uh, Stan Andruski in the garage. It is Friday, so of course I wish you a Shabbat Shalom. If you are Hebraically challenged, it simply means have yourself a great weekend. God willing, we get the chance to do this all over again on Monday, starting at 3. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRP. Adios and Viacom deals. Going home now to stay. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.